Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunsper and Christofferson here on Thursday. It is heating up in Lincoln. You can almost feel baseball around the corner. There's a schedule. It's like 12 degrees outside, which is a market improvement from this podcast on Tuesday. And I don't know about you guys, but it just, you know, it feels like spring is in the air. Pitchers and catchers have reported. How are you feeling? I, I'm wondering if I can get nine holes in after work today with as nice as the weather is right now. Uh, have you ever golfed when it has been snowing? Yes. Yes. Same. It's uh, it's a miserable experience. I was hey, at uh, the Knowles Golf Course in Omaha. Knowles. Um, what is the Pacific Springs for me? Yeah. The, uh, that was always the worst part about golf, high school golf in Nebraska is you always had to try out like in late February and it was, it was just like, uh, you were fighting the elements like no, no high school kid should have to go through that. I don't remember you on the all state golf list. Like I was bronze were, were you not, did you not make all state? It's because you were too busy playing soccer <laughs> and golf at the same time to notice. Yeah, it wasn't an easy thing to pull off, but. <laughs> Do they let you wear your cleats on the green? That seems not great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm old enough to where you could, uh, you could still wear some metal spikes every once in a while, too, if you wanted. Wow. Those things are like mountain climbing shoes. <laughs> did, you play, did you play high school golf, Bruns? That's a serious question. Uh, I did not. Okay. I, I didn't remember. You could have probably. You're pretty good. Uh, it came later, but yeah. Okay. okay. It, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a sore subject, but no. Okay. Sorry. Sorry right. for bringing you, it up. You'll learn that Bruns is really <laughs> cheapish about acknowledging that he's okay at golf. Yeah, I know he's good. Um, I've only played with him a couple times, but he's he's posted good numbers both times. Back, back when back when BC was working for a different outlet, we we would frequently go and be, we would go and be like the first people off the uh, off the tee at like six in the morning. Yeah, that's the only thing that can get me up at that hour. You you got me up to play at a uh, high mark a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Bruns, Bruns plays nine holes in about 40 minutes by himself, so <laughs> that's, that's true. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's do a little um, – we'll talk – we'll get sad here. Ireland is off. You guys will not be able to, to travel. One place travel we won't be playing game. golf. What was that? One place we won't be playing golf. Yeah, there you go. I was, I was going to make a segue, and then it was bad, but um, – not a surprise, right? Like, I, I guess I sort of expected that this was going to happen. But still, it was a, an opportunity for, um, you know, Nebraska to, to get a go and do something different. They haven't had a bowl game now for three years. And then, of course, I think, and this is still important, they still get to play on week zero. And I think that's kind of good for a program that kind of needs some attention when they can get it. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of fine with it. Um, I, I feel like right now this program, you know, let's just, let's just start off the season semi-normal, play it in the United States, uh, not have a tr- to travel across the globe to play a game. I, I don't think that's a bad thing for this team right now. And I think it's good that it's week zero, like you said, because, you know, you get that extra week. Um, 
then you play a game and you get a buy to kind of see what was good, what was bad about it as you set up, uh, you know, for what will be a very difficult schedule. So uh, it's going to be one of the more fascinating openers for Husker football, uh, just by the fact that um, it's a, it's a game they can get, but it's against a team that beat them 41 to 23 and really stained their season last fall. And also is, Oh, by the way, coached by Brett Belima, uh, who, who was laid it on the Huskers before when he was at a previous school. So that's, it's going to be interesting no matter where it's played. The, the schedule now, um, and, and not, not, not talking like the actual season schedule, but if you look at just the way, you know, with, with Nebraska starting its spring practices significantly later, not ending until May 1st, th- there's really not going to be, you know, that, that long of an off season. I mean, you, you're starting practice earlier. I, you, you have a longer spring. So, I mean, I guess you're getting more time around your guys that way, but uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I think, you know, as, as cool as it would have been to, to play in Ireland, I, I think with this as, as important as this year is for kind of Nebraska and the direction of the program, at least somewhat of a normal start to the season without having to mix in travel and, you know, all that, all that other stuff. I think that might actually be a good thing. I mean, it would have been like a bowl game type of thing, right? I mean, that's what it would have turned into it would have been a week there of all this coverage of what's going on with the sites and all that stuff that's why I think it's okay right now to not to not do that um I wasn't rooting against it by any means but I think honestly now that it's decided it can work out to the benefit of Nebraska and they can still go to Dublin in the future and I sort of expect that they'll they they can work something out where that happens for people who want to do that so you know, they weren't going to get the ticket numbers this year that they wanted from Nebraska for good reason. People just aren't quite ready to pull the trigger fully on on making that trip where COVID is still lingering. And so uh, it makes all the sense in the world to at least back it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think everything you guys have, have largely said there is is absolutely correct. And um, I, like I said, I just, I really am happy they're sticking with the week zero and they'll have an opportunity to, to play a little bit ahead of college football. They'll get started a little bit early. You know, it could be one of those things where if they show up and they play a team with a new coach and they do what they can do, you get an early win. Uh, it could be kind of helpful for Nebraska as they jump into the rest of that 2021 schedule. That wasn't the only football news from the last couple days. This one is again neither of these are surprising this one annoys me though and you guys can feel free to tell me if i'm uh, off track with this but the nta is extending the dead period through may 31st uh, pushing it back another month or so earliest visits now could happen would be june 1 uh there's still the self-guided visits my thing is i guess i'm kind of curious like what the end game is here because i don't know that i think things are going to be significantly different on May 1 versus June 1. I'm not sure if it's just the NCAA wanted to push it out. And so you just get through everybody's spring ball and you get into the summer and kids are out of school at this point. I'm not entirely positive what the rationale is. I understand that numbers will be better because of the vaccine and more people having the vaccine, but it just feels like at some point you have to allow these kids to start taking visits and schools to determine whether they want to use testing and, and let these kids come into their their facilities and into their environment. Do you guys think I'm off base there? No, I mean, I think, 
I think at some point you have to just say, you have to make a plan. I mean, I think that's kind of where they're at. I mean, you just need the, the NCAA needs to be able to tell recruits and their parents that, you know, this is, this is what's going on because, you know, the, even kind of extending it out to when they did, it's a little bit of an awkward extension because, you know, you, you still have the potential of visits in June, potential camps in June. And, you know, it, it, I think it would be one thing if they just said, look, we're not going to, we're going to shut it down for the summer. Cause I, then I think, you know, parents could say, okay, well, we're, we're going to go look at these college campuses on our own. We know what, what's going on. And then we can make a decision if you want to do that. Or, you know, kids could just say, okay, I'm going to wait till the fall. And I know that now, but um, you know, the, the May 31st window, I guess, is, was just a little kind of awkward timing to me because it kind of leaves guys, especially guys wanting to make early decisions kind of, you know, kind of in the middle and, and, and even more of a lurch, I guess, than what they were before. So I, it feels like to me, this will probably be the last extension, but um, you know, I, I think if, if they end up wiping out June and wiping out the, the chance for school camps, I think that that's where it's going to get really, really bad or worse than it already is for the, the 2022 class. Do you think they'll allow coaches to go on the road and visit in the month of June? Or are they just taking out the evaluation period entirely? I mean, I think they're wiping out the, the evaluation period entirely, right? Because if you're, if you're going out in June, I mean, schools are out. So, I mean, I know kids are working out and all that other stuff, but yeah, it just seems like they're punting on it for a second straight year, which, I mean, that, that makes it, tough again uh, on coaches to, to get a good evaluation of guys and especially in places where you don't even have, um, you know, places like California that didn't play a season and are kind of up in the air about what they're going to do this spring too. Do you yeah, think, it, Oh, sorry. You, Brian, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, do you think uh, the extension, I know Caden Crawford who actually just committed to Iowa said he was like one of those guys who was maybe just going to raise his hand, especially if, there was an extension coming and get his spot. Do you think this is going to trigger some guys uh, jumping in now, Schaefer? Yeah, I, so it's going to for some. Um, I don't get the sense with at least the guys I've talked with that Nebraska is recruiting that there's there's a lot of people there. And then you think about the in-state players, like I, many of them want to take visits. And so I, I just don't see a lot of movement. Um, we saw Caden Becker committed to, to Northern Illinois but with those guys that have Nebraska offers, like I know Ernest Hausman wants to go see Northwestern or Michigan, potentially Virginia. Um, and I, I don't know that he's going to be willing to completely sacrifice that in order to make it an announcement or a decision sooner. And particularly with those schools, if he has never been up there. And then of course you've got uh, Devin Jackson and Deshaun Woods that are looking at schools that are far outside the area Michael Riley is already doing self-guided tours, but of course, you know, he's going to want to know more and see more of these programs, Caden Helm, same way. And so I just, I don't get the sense that it's going to result in a lot of commitments for Nebraska or push a lot of people that they're considering into making decisions. It just feels like it, it pushes this out into what could be a monster month of June and, and July in terms mm -hmm. of commitments and we'll see if it, it plays out that way because I know talking with some in 24 seven sports, some schools are really playing up the scarcity factor. They only have 12 spots 
And so you got to get your spot when you can get your spot and figure out the visits later. And yeah, we'll let you take official visits to other schools and blah, blah, blah. So I, I'll be curious. I think obviously every situation is different for every kid, but it's not a good thing for Nebraska. I know that much. And the, the, the thing that I find kind of interesting is, is if they do open things back up for June, um, I can only imagine what the jockeying for visits is going to be like among schools for that month. Um, <laughs> you know, especially in, in states like Florida and, and, you know, where you've got, you know, big time programs and really close proximity to one another. Um, you know, it, it's going to be, June's just going to be a hellacious month if, if uh, you know, guys are allowed to take trips then. So that, that's uh, hopefully that's hap- that's allowed to happen though, because, you know, it, it's been so long since they've hosted it. I mean, it'd be what, 15 months at that time if they, uh, yeah if they allow visits on June 1st, starting June 1st? Yeah. I mean, kids would have gone from being sophomores into the start of their senior year if they don't allow them to have visitors in June and July. Like, that's remarkable. It kind of stinks, too, when you've got really good in-state prospects that you could go see face-to-face and try to, you know – get ahead or cover some ground with and and it's not there for you you know when you've actually got guys right now in this region there's so many good players and uh you know you just the zoom thing is nice but you could get an advantage by having guys down the road that you can actually see in the hallways or see face to face and that's just not there so it's it's uh it's tough. I, w- I wish they would allow, allow kids at this point to make their call if they want to risk or do whatever to go see a coach mask to mask uh, and visit the school. I just think it's uh, I think it's getting a little unfair for the kids. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with that. All right, let's uh, let's go to break here. We will come back and we are going to get into Nebraska's baseball schedule. Brunts is going to teach us about the. Uh, I don't know, the travel schedule Nebraska is coming up where they're going to play games in lots of different states against teams that aren't in those states. and It's going to be weird. It's going to be wild, and it's certainly going to be very Big Ten-esque. So all of that and more when we return with the Husker 24-7 podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Brunch, we got a schedule. They are indeed going to play baseball in the Big Ten this year. I know it's shocking to all parties involved, but it is going to happen. I'm not sure the Big Ten even knows that it's going to happen. Maybe this was like a a schedule that they just put together with the coaches. But uh, what can you tell us about what's happening with Big Ten baseball? Well, it's, it's apparently happening. Um, that, that's my understanding. And, uh, yeah, so the, the schedule rolled out yesterday. And it's basically what we had kind of thought the, uh, the outline of everything would be. It's, it's 44 games. It's conference only. There's no Big Ten baseball tournament this year. Um, the first two weekends of the season, which start on March 5th, um, are, are at neutral sites in either domes or warmer places. So in Nebraska's case, they open against Purdue um, in Round Rock, Texas, four games there. And then they go up to uh, your guys' favorite place, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis for two games against Iowa and two games against Ohio State. Um, and I, I, I wish that were – being called the Dairy Queen Classic, but unfortunately it's not. Um, so that that's sad. But the the rest of the way, you know, the, the Big Ten opted to do kind of a mixture of three and four game weekends after that. So you have some weekends where you'll have three teams at the same location and you're essentially kind of playing like a pod where each team gets four total games for the weekend. Um, and then there's just some straight up, three-game uh, series as well. Um, but, you know, the, the Big Ten, I think, you know, it has obviously been spooked about, uh, you know, testing protocols and other conferences. They in, in other sports, they've really tried to keep it in-house as much as possible. And that's what they did with baseball. They basically said that because you have the ability now to play every team in the conference and you're going to play them multiple times, that the, the tournament isn't necessary because you're going to be able to have more of a, you know, a, a, a true regular season champion because you don't have that awkward um, thing like they usually do in the past where, you know, certain teams will miss certain teams on their schedule and it, it kind of creates a pretty big imbalance. So that's the, the, the latest from the big 10. Um, obviously the, the schedule came out late, but, it was kind of on on time, I guess, if you look at the way that they released other sports schedules too. So not ideal. I think it's going to really hurt the Big Ten when it comes to NCAA tournament selection time uh, because you, you're not going to have the ability to compare the Big Ten against other conferences and head-to-head play. And that's a huge part, especially for Northern teams, and kind of pumping up those RPIs. So that's it. I'll take your questions or any uh, dunking on the Big Ten that you'd like to do at this time. Uh, Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7. Bruns, do you feel like the lack of mid-game, midweek games is going to hurt Nebraska as they try to build out depth in their pitching staff? I asked Jeff Christie that um, a couple weeks ago. We were just kind of – this was before the schedule was finalized and we are just kind of talking about how do you how do you essentially get 36 innings of pitching um, out of your pitching staff which is pretty rare normally. And, you know, I, I think what they're probably going to do is, is certainly it, it, it doesn't help you because you're having to throw 
younger guys into <clears throat> higher leverage situations than you would normally. So there, there's a big difference between, you know, having to go in in the sixth inning against Michigan versus, uh, you know, a, a Wednesday night game against Omaha where there's about 50 people in the stands. So I think, I think it will hinder uh, from the standpoint of just getting guys innings at the same time. I, I guess maybe if you subscribe to the um, throwing guys into the deep end aspect of, of pitching, maybe, maybe this helps them. But I, I think the, the one thing that you can say for this version of the Nebraska baseball team is they do have significantly more pitching depth. That was a big thing that they wanted to add in the off season. They've done that. And, you know, again, it's going to come down to who has the, the guys in the bullpen that can pitch multiple times on a weekend, guys who can go, you know, through the lineup once, maybe twice out of the bullpen. Those are going to be the teams that are going to have success. And I think the teams that aren't able to, to pitch uh, consistently are going to really struggle. So, um you know, I, I think I think Nebraska is confident they can kind of weather the storm. I, I think they're also still trying to figure out if if you have a four game weekend in that kind of second game of the doubleheader um, on, on Saturday, do you you know throw a guy out there and try and get four or five innings out of him, or do you kind of you know Johnny Allstaff it a little bit if you've got guys that you think you can count on on the bullpen? I do not want Johnny Allstaff games as much as possible. Yeah, those are, uh, those are always rough. They're rough to cover. They're rough to watch. It's the Tampa Rays version of baseball that I hate. Um, so I would I would prefer if they could find some way around that. Who who are some of the pitchers that we need to know going into the year? Well, I think you know Chance Roche is a, a big one. Um, he was he was a grad transfer that they got from New Mexico State. He was uh, multiple times an All Conference pitcher there. Really low ERA, really consistent. He's probably going to be their Friday or Saturday guy. Um, you know, Cade Povich, kid out of Bell West that went to junior college and uh, was, I believe was the first commitment of uh, Will Bolt's uh, time at Nebraska, I believe. Um, he is probably going to be a Friday or Saturday guy. Uh, you know, lefty that pitched better, I think, than what his numbers were last season. So, you know, I, I think those two guys are kind of the, the ones at the front. Shea Shanneman is going to be more of a starter this year after kind of being a, the closer and kind of messing around with playing both ways. Um, I think those are your, your, your three best starting pitchers right now. A guy like Braxton Bragg, who they liked as a midweek guy last year, I think could potentially be a, a fourth game starter if they need one. And then, you know, they, they added a ton of ton of guys, uh, you know, at the JUCO ranks and, and transfers. You know, Cam Wynn uh, transferred up from Texas A&M. He's throwing you know, upper 90s. I think he's going to be a really key arm in the bullpen. Uh, and, and the guy that, you know, I, I think has, has really grown up as a pitcher, Max Schreiber, is probably going to be the most important guy in that bullpen because he's the type of guy that can start. He can pitch, you know, two, three, four innings if they need him to. Um, and, and, and that's going to be a guy that they're going to kind of lean up, lean on a lot. Like if, if you think back to, you know, when Nebraska kind of had it going, um, you know, in, in the you know, 2013, 2014, around there, a guy like Zach Hirsch, um, who can get outs and can, can, you know, pitch multiple times a weekend. Those guys are going to be gold this year. 
Hey, Michael, uh, Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. Thanks for doing this. Um, <laughs> I, uh, for those who are sort of just checking into baseball right about now, um, which I admit is kind of me, so you're helping me. Where, where do you – I mean, what's the layout of the Big Ten going into this year? Like, if I were to – if there is a preseason magazine on the shelf, where where's Nebraska sit? Where What's your kind of – prognostication of the league going in it's well the thing that's tough is like the big 10 was actually i, I if they were going to play non-conference games i think they could have been pretty darn competitive this year i mean it's been a, a league that's been on par with you know the pac-12 for ncaa tournament burst the last three four five years so you know i, I think obviously michigan um is going to be a team that is going to be very very competitive in the league um I think Nebraska is definitely in that, that group of probably four or five teams that, that have a chance to, to be right there. Ohio state's one Um, Indiana, I think is another. So, you know, I'd probably start with Michigan and then kind of go, you know, to those other teams I mentioned, Minnesota always seems to kind of put it together a little bit uh, as, as well. So that's where I'd start. Um, You know, Iowa, I think it is, you know, has a chance to, to kind of play their way into that group as well. So the, the thing that's going to be tough, and I think it, you're going to have to watch it this year, is if there's, you know, te- if there's kind of like a, a big kind of car crash of teams that are right around 500 or a little bit better than 500, I think that's kind of the worst case scenario for the Big Ten because I, I think that's where you're going to get really dinged uh, by the selection committee because they're going to see a league that's, you know, probably cannibalizing itself a little bit, but doesn't really have any kind of elite teams that are going to warrant, um, you know, an, an absolute check mark to get into the NCAA tournament this year. Was there any use? This is probably not true, but for Will Bolt getting the extra time when the season got disrupted last year, I mean, how do you think they came out of the whole, um, COVID thing, like with their roster and stuff. I mean, it did give them extra time, I guess, to sort of evaluate this is the overview of their team and put it together. I don't know. Was there any anything useful out of that? Or did they make the most out of it, I guess? Yeah, well, that that's what they, – they went in the transfer portal, I think, a little bit heavier than they would have. Um, so they, they were able to address some pitching needs. Um, they obviously, you know, have – been active with the junior college ranks the last couple of years, which I think they were able to do as well this spring. And, you know, they only played 15 games, but I think they got a really, they had a really good idea, I think, of where they needed to add some depth and some production. And I think they did that. Um, you know, they, they, they've got a lot of veteran guys in their lineup, uh, guys that have had a lot of at bats. Um, plus you get, you know, guys like Mojo Haggy and Luke Roscom and Joe Acker and, uh, those guys back for their kind of victory lap season. And they added a couple guys in the lineup that are, are freshmen and like Max Anderson and, and Bryce Matthews. that I think are names that Nebraska fans need to know uh, probably for this year and, and certainly for the future. So I, I, I think they're in a much better spot, uh, you know, personnel wise this year than they were a year ago. And uh, you know, I think it's a, a credit to the coaching staff too, because it's, you just kind of start to get going. They were playing pretty good baseball and then you get the season canceled on you. So it's not, not an ideal situation for a first year staff. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts as we exit here? Um, I don't think so. 
sitting here watching this icicle outside my window. It's, it's about three feet right now. And, uh, it, it's looking almost spear like, and it's got me a little worried. Hmm. It, uh, sounds ominous. Yeah. Keep us posted. I might go, I might go out and knock that thing down. That'll be satisfying. all right well that was another award-winning podcast from husker 24 7 we'll be back next week be sure to check out husker 24 7 we'll have plenty of coverage of basketball they play every night basically uh we got volleyball they have a huge weekend coming up against minnesota and of course you know we'll have football coverage as things break and recruiting coverage every single day so be sure to check out husker 24 7 We'll be back next week with a couple more podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.